You're listening to Positively Anti-Inflammatory, the show for people just like you who want to keep inflammation down and your spirits up. I'm your host, Alyssa Abrahamson, functional nutritional therapist and wellness coach. Today and every Wednesday, I'm here to be your coach and your guide as I offer insightful ways for you to lead a positively anti-inflammatory life. Hello and welcome to episode 142. Woohoo! <laughs> I am so thrilled to have my dear friend Naomi Les back on the podcast. Welcome, Naomi. Um, thank you so much for having me again. Woohoo! Repeat customer. <laughs> Repeat customer. I love it. So, Naomi. Uh, is a musician, ritual leader, songwriter, and educator, and she's the co-founder at Labshul, which is an artist-driven, God-optional spiritual community for sacred Jewish gatherings in New York City and reaching the world. And Naomi was on the podcast, uh, episode 119, exploring the connection between Passover wellness and healing. And it was so moving. And I think I cried multiple times. (laughs) And so when this podcast comes out, when this episode comes out, it comes out just, I think, two days before Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year. And I am so grateful for you, Naomi, and your time. And thank you so much for joining me because I'm really excited to this year, 2023, to just highlight, connect these two important Jewish holidays. So real quick, I mean, if you want to go back and listen to how Naomi and I met, go back to episode 119. It doesn't matter when you listen to it. It doesn't have to be, you know, the time of Passover. You'll definitely get something out of it. But I share, we share the, how we met. Um, But also, I just forgot what I was going to say, but what I do know what I was going to say is both of us turned 50 this year. Yes. <laughs> yes, we did. So I'm we're 19. It. Yeah, we're loving it. We're 1973 babies. Woohoo! And, yeah. And so, I mean, long story short, you know, I grew up Jewish, very minimal Jewish background. And um, I I have just gone through a long journey of my, you know, Jewish exploration. At this point in my life, I'm really kind of not not that I'm disconnected, but I'm not actively pursuing Jewish um engaging in like in Jewish stuff, if you will. So I was really, really Naomi, as I text you, I'm really like craving your like <laughs> oh my gosh, spiritual energy around this because um, and I want you to share what Rosh Hashanah is and what the season means in the Jewish tradition, but this is such um it's just a very significant time of year, mm-hmm. you know, not only in the Jewish tradition, but also just, you know, the fall changing the seasons, all of that. So, yay, let's just dive right in. So um, what's 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 Rosh Hashanah? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I mean, that's that's a very easy, easy question. <laughs> the word Rosh means head in or Hebrew. start. Yep. In Hebrew. OK. And Ha Shana Ha is the. And Shana is year. So very simply, it is the head of the year. But you would think it would be simple. But of course, because it's Jewish, it's more complicated. (laughs) Which is, wait a second, New Year's is in like some weird fall time? What? How is that? So the Mm -hmm. Jewish calendar um, actually dictates 
not just one, but actually I believe there are four Jewish New Year's in a year. One was not enough. <laughs> <laughs> they give us they give us an option to uh, continue to recreate. Well, I, I think so. I mean, to me, cosmically speaking, this is like complete soul and life realignment, multiple opportunities, and plus the Gregorian New Year, super into it, resolutions. So I'm always like, oh my God, just when you think something, it's like you have another opportunity to sort of go inside and say, what is it that I'm trying to do on this earth? <laughs> like where, right. you know, how am I being a, more of a human being? Um, but so this month is the first of Tishrei, which is technically the most, the Jewish new year that most people know, but also there is, um, the first of Nisan, another, um, month, which is in the spring, which is around Passover that we, I think that was episode what? 119 that we talked about. Passover. Yep. Yep. I have more on 142, by the way. I didn't realize it was 142. We're going to talk about that in a second also. Mm-hmm. Is numerology involved? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get back to that. So excited. <laughs> um, so, so Rosh Hashanah, um, it kind of has to do with like when they think that um, Torah was revealed at Sinai and okay. counting from there. But one Tishrei, I mean, sorry, one Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah. One Tishrei, the first of Tishrei, which is the, yeah, the, the they Hebrew usually calendar. do the the like in most you know European countries they do the date first and then the month. Okay, one Tishrei. Okay, so just okay, so Tishrei is the 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 Jewish calendar is lunar. The Jewish calendar is lunar, correct. And so the first of the month is actually the new moon. So most of our festivals, we it's really interesting. So we have a few new moon festivals and a lot of our festivals are full moon too, right? Like like Passover and Tubishvat, like to anything that's named two, those two letters. Okay, so all letters in the Hebrew alphabet have a number associated with them. We'll get to the numerology of 142 in just a moment. So the number, the word two is the is two different letters. It's the tet to sound, and it's alphabet gimel dalad hey vav zayin chet tet. So it's nine. That's the nine, and and the vav letter is an u sound, and vav is six. So nine and six is. 15. 15. Yes. 15 on a lunar calendar is what? The, the new moon. No, it's the full moon. The full moon. The full moon. Oh, the full moon. Because the new moon's the first. Okay. Okay. The full moon, the 15th. So Rosh Hashanah is on the the new moon and the full moon is on the 15th, which is a lot of the holidays are on the 15th. So um, the, the the birthday of the trees to be Shvat in the month of Shvat is the 15th of Shvat. And it's very, it's like a new moon festival. It's beautiful. There's also a new moon festival for love to the Av in the month of Av. There's a love, love holiday. It's kind of like the, the, the Hebrew Jewish um, Valentine's Day, I guess, so to speak. But Rosh Hashanah is really special because um, I think there is a seasonal piece to this that's really powerful. Um, if you're thinking about the Middle East, what's happening then? It's a harvest. It's you know it's around a harvest time. If you think about us in America, like we're going back to school, we're like it's the fall. It's like the beginning of something new. So um, I think there's an opportunity to just kind of like renew ourselves. It's very and spiritual renewal is a really big deal in Judaism. It also begins uh, what they call um, like the 10 days of awe. 
right? There are these 10 days that are um, deep, deep days. 10 is a big number in Judaism too. And it starts with Rosh Hashanah. And then when you count 10 days, you end up at Yom Kippur. So the 10 days of tshuva is the 10 days of returning. Tshuva, the word lashuv means to return. Also means to sit, lashav, lashavet. Um, so you're sitting, you're not running around. It's like a point of returning to yourself. It's returning. Um, the concept of, of making tshuva is really about re- re- returning, asking for forgiveness and repairing, like that you don't do that again. So in this time between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, if you have Jewish friends and they all of a sudden call you out of the blue and are like, listen, I've been thinking about what I said to you or how I treated you. And I want to ask for your forgiveness. There's a reason these days are called days of repentance. They're, they're focused days, just like in Ramadan, where there's a lot of focus around, um, you know, a, a forgiveness and charity. And, you know, there, we all lent, you know, there are these periods of time in a lot of our major um, holy day in our holy um, religious traditions where you're, more focused on how you become a better human being in this world. And there is a a lot of forgiveness time spent in these different world religions. So for Judaism, the 10 days of repentance are are really, really important um, because they say that there is this book of life that on Rosh Hashanah, you are, um, you are written into the book of life. And then on Yom Kippur, it is sealed. So these are powerful metaphors that we're working with. And a lot of people feel like that is the close. Like it gives us the opportunity to say, what happened this last year? What did I do? How was I contributing to the world? Where will I be next year? I may not even be on this earth as a sentient being anymore. So it's really a time of actually facing um, our mortality. In fact, um, I know we're skipping from Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur a little bit, but Yom Kippur, which literally means the day of repentance, um, repenting. On Yom Kippur, some people call that the dress rehearsal for your death. There are practices around Yom Kippur that are around denial of, you know, like ascetic pieces, like you don't wear leather, you don't anoint yourself, no sex, you know, people, you'll often see people wearing like Converse kicks, you know, like, you know, chucks or, um, you know, canvas shoes so, because they don't want to wear leather on, on Yom Kippur. It's a way of- And what does that symbolize not wearing leather on Yom Kippur? Well, leather, you know, leather is a, leather is, you know, leather, man, you know, <laughs> your fancy pants, your leather pants. So it's, it's a way of, of, of really um, going back to the basics. Mm -hmm. Um, Oftentimes, like I go barefoot on Yom Kippur. So it's really literally walk the streets of Brooklyn. No, I don't walk the streets of Brooklyn, but when I'm in the religious space, like when our, when we're in our sacred space at Labshall, I don't wear shoes. Okay. Um, Really want to be present. Um, We wear white Oftentimes, um, Jews are buried oftentimes in a, um, in a shroud or a very simple garment, um, which is often white. Um, you can't take it with you kind of concept. So 
you know, we're going down to the basics of like facing our mortality of like where there's a very famous prayer on Yom Kippur that, uh, that um, Leonard Cohen made super famous who by fire. Right. I mean, um, that is like a really, really wild piece of poetry. I was, do you, do you, do you have, I mean, okay, should we, we, you want to, you want to hear a little snippet of it? Have a little snippet. Yeah. Um, Yeah. As you're, as you're looking it up. Yeah, no, I'm here. So I know that we're kind of like, you're giving a lot of amazing information and it's for me, you know, I've. I'm familiar. So it's, but someone who's listening, who's kind of like, wait, what the hell are you talking about? Oh yeah. Let me just also say, I just want to like, as you're finding the letter Cohen um, piece, I, in college, um, I was so curious about exploring Judaism. And I remember like, I grew up um, like we, we did Passover. We did Rosh Hashanah. We did Hanukkah. Um, and a little bit of Yom Kippur, um, it's where, you know, you you fast. And like you said, it's a day of um, repentance and atoning and you're asking forgiveness and you kind of like really fit. It's like that culmination of that 10, like 10 days of I, you said from Rosh Hashanah, which is the new year, that 10 days and you're the, op- the book of life. is You're open. really in it. Like, yeah. Feel, mm-hmm. You're in it. And, but I was like, <laughs> this was my senior year i think or what whatever year it was i don't know it was 94 and 95 and i remember i was at my part-time job in college and i was like (laughs) just i was i was fasting so i was like i want to you know like reclaim my judaism and understand what the heck is going on here and i was like i remember i think i heard somewhere that jews don't brush their teeth on yom kippur so i'm not gonna brush my teeth (laughs) and i remember i was like so proud of myself (laughs) that you had stinky breath all day at your job i love it yeah, I mean that's part yeah, of the I've anointing and no no drink. I forgot to mention like the biggest thing that most people know about young people is you fast. You know, you're right. denying yeah. yourself and you're trying to have a spiritual level of focus. But yeah. um and I'll share with you the who by fur, but yeah, I mean the big concepts here um and I think these really hit universally. And so I, I invite people to take on a practice um around this time whether you're Jewish or or not, you know, which is renewal. Um, it's a concept Rosh Hashanah is, uh, you know, there's this beautiful myth around it's the birthday of the world. Mm, that's so right. Back to creation and what kind of a world do we want? And we focus a lot. I mean, mother earth is burning right now. So, you know, it's a time for us to recommit ourselves, mm-hmm. um, to say we're, we're doubling down on our, our life source here and that we need to do more. In fact, there's actually a fossil fuels march on the second day of Rosh Hashanah in the afternoon in New York city. So I think that's a spiritual practice and I think everybody should go there. Um, Yeah. And then Yom Kippur is really an opportunity to sort of do some major self-assessment. There's actually a really interesting um, kind of like a playbook for Yom Kippur. Um, There's, first of all, there's a lot of like, it's grand, it's grandiose. Like liturgy is heavy. Everything's really heavy on Yom Kippur, but there's um, a concept called cheshbon hanefesh, which means it's like, it's like a check, almost like a checklist for your, for your spirit and your soul and your body. Like I think about it, like if you have a practice of like looking at a life pie and sort of checking in on like, what are all the different aspects of my life and are they where I want them to be? 
Mm-hmm. How, how's my sex life? What's happening there? How is my health? And I know this is really important to you, listen to your listeners. Like, where is it that I am um, thriving in my health? Where is it that I feel like I could put more energy? Am I putting, you know, uh, uh, you know, positivity into that space? How are my relationships, you know, with friends or family? Um, what is my livelihood situation? It's really an opportunity to my, my character qualities that I wanted to work on for the last year. Where am I in terms of like giving back to humanity? So there's this kind of like, you could even make your own checklist mm-hmm. and sort of do like a self-assessment. So it's, it's interesting because Yom Kippur, it's a communal day, but it's also a really introspective day. Mm-hmm. So part of it is like going the, to the depth. I mean, you'll see, you know, Jews that are practicing the, 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 I'm, I'm, you can hear my sound effects I'm doing, um, that the, when they're encountering the liturgy, they will often beat their chests, like have a fist on their heart, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of symbolize both physically, kinesthetically, like I did wrong. I missed the mark. I missed the mark this year. And I'd like to atone. I'd like to atone for it. I'd like to repent for it and atone and come to reckoning with myself and with whatever you believe in, in terms of your theological perspective. But also the interesting thing about Yom Kippur is that most of, a lot of the prayers are in the plural, we, it's not all I, it's we. So we collectively have to account for how we have missed the mark as a society, as a people, as a culture. And um, in my community, we have an all faith gathering where we, we we know Jews can't do this in a vacuum. We're part of an ecosystem of other peoples of faith. And how do we acknowledge and um, recommit to, you know, working for more peace, more, you know, more love in this world. So it's a really, really powerful day. And by the time you're done with it, you are like depleted and then you're on like a spiritual high because the end of it is all music. And then you eat your tush off afterwards, <laughs> which is probably not a good idea for the end of a fast, but, but you do. Um, but I think that, you know, d- just to reference back to what we were talking about before, one of the big pieces is this idea of like our mortality and facing our mortality on Yom Kippur. And so Leonard Cohen made this famous, he's saying, who by fire and who by water, who in the sunshine and who in the nighttime, who by high ordeal, who by common trial, and who in your merry, merry month of way, and who by very slow decay, and who shall I say is calling, you know, let's just like, not light stuff mm. and it, and it kills you. I mean, you know, it's just like, cause you think about who we've lost in this last year. Right. And how we lost them. And you think, and next year, when we come here, who will it be then? So it's not a light day, but Yom it's Kippur. a beautiful day. Yeah. Ro- <laughs> Rosh Hashanah, now Rosh Hashanah on the other hand, it's Isn't, really celebration. It's a celebration. And it's also like, you know, it's a call to action and it's definitely like headed towards Yom Kippur, but it is definitely like renew yourself. I often wear, like I buy one like really nice new dress or outfit for your Rosh Hashanah, like wearing something new, big symbols on this apples and honey, like, you know, fertility and, you know, the bees and pollination. It's like, 
it's, it's really a beautiful, the chalas, you know, you've seen braided chalas, chalot chalas that we have for the Sabbath. So on Rosh Hashanah, there's a cool tradition that you do round chalas, circular chalas, circle of life, the circle Mm -hmm. of life. And they're sweet. Oftentimes they have raisins in them. So there's really a joyous sweetness. It's oftentimes friends and family come for a meal together. Um, so I just want to invite, like, it's like, it's a new opportunity to set some new resolutions and certainly wellness is a huge part of that. So, so with the, like, if you think of like the, like the birth of the world and like renewal and the head of like the actual translation from the Hebrews, the, like the start of the year, the head of the year, um, like what are some of the other like themes like but understanding there's this deep connection between those 10 days of of a lot of self-reflection and introspection and and like you said Yom Kippur I just remember when I was really into it and I would feel so much pressure to be yeah. like oh my god like I gotta go back and think about like who do I need to apologize to and who yeah. you know what I mean I remember even like you know, it's like asking my dad, you know, like, or just, you know, like from like years before I'm like, oh, I, you know, you know, just whatever. Like, remember that time that I yelled at you <laughs> or whatever. Exactly. Um, so there's, you know, a lot wrapped up, but um, just what are some of the other, I mean, I know you're. Rosh Hashanah. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So a huge, so, okay. So few things. Number one is that you may have seen that a ram's horn or what in Hebrew is shofar is a pretty big symbol of Rosh Hashanah. It's um, the whole month before the one, the first of Tishrei is called Elul. And that whole month um, is like a preparation for the head of the year. It's like saying goodbye to the old year. Um, And every single day, some, some people I haven't been consistent with it, but will blow the ram's horn, the shofar. Do you, have do, you oh, have yeah. do you have one? Oh yeah. Do you want to go? Can you? Do you have it nearby? I, I do have it nearby because I've been doing it every day as a practice, but I can't blow it right now because my daughter is sleeping. Oh, crap. But I can. Oh, I, I will just. I mean. I. I mean. Maybe I can do just a little teeny teeny. teeny I just don't teeny, want her to wake up. You don't want her to wake up. But they're yeah. different shapes and sizes, and um, oh, and really, um, I want to also say another another theme that's connected to this holiday. It's, um, there are very particular portions of the five books of Moses that are read on Rosh Hashanah or the Torah, very particular portions. And it's really interesting because you would think like, it's the birthday of the world. Oh, you're probably going to read like Genesis one, you know, like creation story or Adam and Eve or something like that. But it's actually um, a selection of Torah that's from a really complicated Torah portion which is called Vayera. And it's actually the birth of um, Abraham and Sarah's child. And it's really complicated um, because there's family, um, real family challenges. Um, Abraham's wife uh, could not have a child, their fertility issues. There's um, and then she banishes basically um, his you know, uh, basically live in non-official wife, but certainly somebody who's living with them, Hagar, banish, she makes Abraham banish Hagar, who's had a child because Sarah 
offered her basically handmaid to Abraham, the patriarch. They had a child. He's technically the eldest. And then Sarah like banishes them out. So, um, so it's really, it's a wild portion. And you're like, why are you, why are we reading this? This is the first family. And when you say you read that meaning, because a lot of people are like, we chant, we chant in Hebrew, we chant in Hebrew. These people who are practicing and they go to the synagogue, they are chanting in Hebrew, this story that is like, what is going on here? What's the, I think there, I think there is something in there, which is like, this is my interpretation. So forgive me, you know, people out there who differ in opinions, but I think there is something in there. That's like, it's not the birthday of the world. It's not all beautiful. And like, you know, if you're, if you're into the creation myth of like on this day, the heavens and the earth, and on this day, the birds and the, you know, the flocks and it's like, no, actually when, when societies are created, it's messy, it's complicated and these mythic archetypal characters that are in these like old stories are actually pretty challenging. And our job is, our job is to see what we can learn from that. Mm-hmm. You know, right. our job is to see what we can learn from that. I I think it's a complicated text. It's also like I'm postmodern and it was written a very long time ago, but I digress. I'm going to give you a teeny little shuffle. I don't know what it's going to sound like. So we'll give it a little space. I know she's sleeping. So let's just see. Could you hear it? I could totally hear it. And I hopefully like, of course I want to keep, I want you to keep going. That was, let's see if I can do a low note. I don't want you to wake your daughter. Okay. That's it. I love it. Thank you. I actually have, I have a shofar that my dad got in Israel, like a million, like, in, I don't know if we've known that it's eighties or something like that. It's in my apartment here, um, well, but I don't know how to blow it. I can't blow it. It's like, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you, but you, it's like trumpet, trumpet skills. Trumpet um, skills? Okay. You just, what is it? You just pucker up and blow. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I wanted to say one other thing about the shofar in relationship, this is why I brought up those ancient stories because the shofar is a symbol. First of all, it's a ram's horn, and the ram was the second story that's told from these old ancient texts. Is a story of um, the patriarch Abraham basically almost sacrificing his son, like being put to the test, and the ram is ends up being sacrificed in his son's place. Like an angel basically puts the kibosh on the whole plan, stops Abraham and the ram, they hear a ram in the thicket. And so the ram was really instrumental. Um, and so the horn is one one reminder of that story. But also there is this tradition that the ram's horn is um it's like a it's like a cry. It's like a, 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 a the most painful cry, the cry of a mother. And there is this tradition that perhaps it is the wail of maybe Sarah, the matriarch, when she finds out that her husband has taken her son up the mountain, but it's like the ever-present cry of mothers. And I think it's really relevant still today when there is so much war in this world, the cry of, the cry of, you know, mothers losing their children to war, the cry of mother earth. 
screaming to us. So the shofar is looked at as a wake-up call, a -hmm. wake-up call to repentance, a wake-up call to introspection, a wake-up call to asking for forgiveness, a wake-up call to doing more for love, more for peace. And so I think of it as a very holy and spiritual practice to blow this every day and say like, what am I waking up to today? There's something so like, cause I really rarely go to synagogue, but like when I do, when I have, and the shofar is blown in that communal space, it is so like, it is so powerful. It's, it's wild. I love the shofar. Yeah. So um, you bring up this word forgiveness and I know that that's very much, you know, like we talked about um, Rosh Hashanah, um, you know, leading into Yom Kippur, and you've talked a lot about Yom Kippur as well. But when we think about just our own well-being, I think yeah. that um, and wanting to continually like harness these markers and opportunities of, um, you know, individual or communal communal self-reflection to check in with yourself, like you know, how are you treating yourself? How are you treating other others? Where do you want, like, where have you been? Where do you want to be? Just these different opportunities, whether you're Jewish or not. Like if you're listening to this podcast, like now is the time just to kind of open your heart to consider that. But this word forgiveness, Uh. I think like, I'm, I'm curious just in terms of like your, like your personal experience with your own health um, cause I know you've been on many different health, you know, journeys as we all have, but where does like self-forgiveness, like if we think about that as a part of this season and a part yeah. of these holidays, like where, wh- what's your personal experience with forgiveness? Well, I, I mean, it, I'll share with you what it's bringing up for me and then I'll share with you my personal experience. What it's bringing up for me is the amount of anger and self-criticism and hate that oftentimes people have towards their bodies. Um, Whether it's, you know, what you look like or what your body shape is, or, you know, like the weight that you're carrying or anything. And I just, I feel like there is something in there about, um, you know, not exactly forgiveness, but self-love, but maybe to get to love, you actually have to forgive like the self-critic in in you. Right. But I will say definitely, and I think I talked about this maybe a little bit about my fertility journey in the last, maybe on did I? No, I didn't. Okay. You didn't. No. Oh, okay. So I had a seven-year fertility journey. And um there was a lot of um I didn't realize it at the time, but there was a lot of anger I had at my body. Like that my body had failed me, basically. Right. That the like my, whatever it was, it wasn't working. My autoimmune issues, my, um, et cetera, et cetera. Like it wasn't working and I was angry and I had a really incredible, um, workshop with Alana Bell an amazing poet and workshop leader, um, around, uh, poetry and creative writing. And, and, um, she's, she's really quite gifted, amazing singer. She's part of the, um, Oh my God. I can't remember the name of the singing group. Um, it'll come back to me. She did a work sh- workshop around mothers. It was like about like 
mothering yourself or tribute to your mothers or whatever. And it was like a four-part workshop. And one of the workshops, we had to write a letter to one of our body parts. Mm-hmm. And I ended up writing a letter to my womb, which ended up being part of a, like a performance piece called Trimester um, wow. that, I, that I built. But it was a letter like basically saying, like being really angry at my womb you know, saying you, you basically, you failed me. Like I, I did everything for you. I ate pineapple rinds. I, you know, like whatever, whatever I'm supposed to do, you know, to, to help make you a fertile ground, um, acupuncture, name, name, anything. I probably tried it. And I said, you know, I'm reaching out to you and you're dormant. So there was a lot of anger. And so I had, I didn't even realize I was that angry until I wrote it. And then I forgave myself. I forgave my womb. I forgave my body. I'm like, you know what? This is toxic. It's literally toxic what I'm carrying inside of me. Um, I, you know, people with genetic stuff. So I am, there's a forgiveness piece. This is really personal, but, um, you know, my mother um, passed away in 2016 she had advanced Parkinson's. And, um, when I was doing this same workshop, um, she was in very, very late stages of her life. Like she was pretty completely physically compromised. She was a shell of herself. And I remember looking at my body in this workshop and I wrote a piece that was about the red, some, you know, some people have got like red dots all over there. I have red dots all over my body. It's like a thing. I don't know. It's like yeah. my mom. I, and I, that was when I discovered I had them. My mom had red dots all over her body. And I like saw these and just went ballistic inside. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get Parkinson's. I have my mom's genetics. Look at my skin. I have rosacea. She had rosacea. Look at my look at my skin. She had the red dots. I have the red dots. You know, my body is more or less shaped like hers. My my breasts are about the same size as hers, whereas my sister is much different size than I am. Like I I have a lot of her. I have the shape of my forehead. It's like there's a lot of genetic material that's coming from my mom, and I was angry. I was like, why? Why did I have to, you know, have the, be the carrier? I have a Jewish genetic disease called Gaucher's, which has a connection to Parkinson's. So I actually had to work on forgiving my mom, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Wow. Um, and I had to forgive genetics. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was, it was, it's really hard. I, I, I struggle with it still, like a little piece of resentment of like, I can't believe that I got that stuff, you know, but that's, that's, that's what I have. And so rather than dwell on, oh my God, how much time do I have left? You know, uh, Leonard, you know, Leonard Cohen and what's my life and my quality of life going to be. It's like not being Pollyannish about it. Like I'm going to, continue to like be aggressive around making sure I'm informed about Parkinson's and about the, you know, the science around this and what I can do, if there's anything I can do to help make myself as healthy and well as I can be for the 
period of time that I have on this life, but I'm not going to live in a place of fear about it. Like I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to practice forgiveness. My mom didn't do this intentionally. She didn't know, you know, the interesting thing is that when I came to the place I, I came to in my fertility journey, um, I ended up using donor eggs. And in a way, I'm like, maybe that was somewhat fate of mixing up the genetics so that I don't pass this on. So it's really, I mean, it's really interesting. So forgiveness is huge. It's huge in this part. Um, I think it also, again, it's like, like that level of anger and, and remorse and, and, you know, it's, it's really, it's really toxic. Um, cause your mental is going to affect your physical. Of course it will. Right. Yeah. Naomi, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm like, wow. I, I appreciate you and, and, and you're being, you just being so open and, and sharing. Yeah. That's like a lot. Well, you know, I, I think similarly to you, first of all, we don't like to suffer alone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, some people do like to silently suffer. You we're, know. we're, we're extrovert, we're extroverts, you know, yeah. we, 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 pro- <laughs> we process externally, but, um, but aside from that, I think there is, I think there, you know, like with great power comes great responsibility you know, I just read, you know, Spider-Man, my daughter was watching the early, but it's, it's with the extroversion. I think there is a responsibility to, because what it enables you to do is if you share out loud, then somebody can say, I, you're speaking a story that is part of my life, or I feel seen, I feel heard, you know? So I, I feel like it's really, really, for me, my life has been about sharing publicly some of the challenges I've gone through to be able to let people know it's okay. I mean, I don't know if you remember when I had COVID. Yeah. Yeah. It was like two seconds into COVID. Everybody was yeah. freaking out. And Everyone's- I got on, I got on yeah. Instagram live and I'm like, this is yeah, the face I saw of your COVID. Facebook. I know. I saw your, fa- I saw your face. I, I saw your Facebook. Uh, I guess it was Instagram. I don't know. Maybe you did. Facebook. Know. It was a Facebook maybe. Yeah. And, and it was, right in the beginning and it, was it was literally like, the beginning it was like march 17th or something march yeah. like 12th yeah. or yeah. something yeah. yeah yeah which anyway and people were yeah. freaking out and they were people like oh my god who out. has covid and i'm like i have covid i'm okay it's not a death sentence necessarily like, i'm a mom i'm a like i'm like a person in this world who like takes good care and yeah like it's not a, yes i mean everyone's had their own different COVID experience, but yeah, of course, I just wanted people to know that it's like, it's not necessarily a death sentence that Mm -hmm. like everybody take a, take a breath, you know, like, right. Right. Yeah. Because there was so much fear. So, right. So you, you are vocal about with many things in your life, Yeah, what you've gone through. And so, you know, for me, um, I mean, we're recording this, you know, before Rosh Hashanah and, um, it's coming out a couple days, you know, before, and I'm just thinking out loud here with you. It's really, I'm feeling 
like I want to, and I'm really encouraging anyone listening who this is speaking to just, you know, this is just an, an opportunity, like a collective opportunity, you know, whether you are involved in, you know, any kind of spiritual community or not, but Hey, if you're listening to the podcast, like we're here with you. So we're a part of your community. You're a part of our community. We are in this together. I'm just thinking like, I really want to, for myself, for Rosh Hashanah and going into Yom Kippur to set that intention of, of really doing that reflection. And what's making me think about like, you know, we're, we're generally in the Gregorian calendar. So, you know, it's, you know, um, mid September. Mm -hmm. And so there's a few months left in 2023. So it could also be just like a check-in like, okay, how am I feeling now? You know, where do I want to be? You know, not any like scary pressure, but like, how do we want to move into this next season Mm -hmm. before 2024 and really consider that with our own with our own health and how we're prioritizing ourselves and our, and our wellness. Mm -hmm. And I really want to focus on, on the forgiveness. I think the self forgiveness, but also forgiving of others, because I don't know, I kind of feel like breaking down and crying right now. Like that, just like you sharing that and forgiving your mom, like that's just like really speaking to me. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. And I definitely like I actually just um uh there's another pod- podcast coming out that I talked about um the the anniversary of my dad's death is August 18th, 10 years. And that's my mom's birthday. Did we ever talk about that? Oh, I don't God. know. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So wow. yeah. So wow. I feel like I feel like I'm yeah. literally like coming to this right now. I I I think that it's important for me to I'm gonna cry. I just mm-hmm. I, yeah, I feel like I have to forgive my dad. I need to like I want to intentionally set time time aside, like during a, probably maybe on Yom Kippur, but around this time, like you know, mid to late September, to just use this like collective energy that's happening to think about forgiveness for myself for my dad just but also like really just i don't know i just feel like forgiveness is so i think we all know how freeing it can be we also know how hard it can be yeah and there's so much anger and resentment it's a muscle man it's not easy it's not easy so much yeah so i'm feeling yeah i'm 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 like speechless i'm just like yes this is this is (laughs) Well, can this I say two my, things to you? One, my, yeah. Well, I was just going to say um, the work of Stephen Levine, um, his grief work focuses on this a lot. If you look up Stephen Levine, um, I think I read, I listened to this podcast on Audible that um, he passed away, but he and his wife did major grief work. Um, and there is, um, he focuses on a meditation um, that is, a a forgiveness meditation for those who have passed away. Um, And it was very powerful. I'm trying to, um, trying to find it in my audible. Uh, Where's my library? As you're looking, I'll just, I'll just keep thinking out loud. So this is my, my 
right now my take the grief the grief process the grief process by Stephen yeah. Levine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my takeaway, just to recap of our conversation about just thinking about all these, like, you know, there's so, yeah, just the, the themes of this time and this season is there is this renew the opportunity for a new year for renewal, but also introspection, self-reflection thinking about, I mean, gratitude also. And also community. Community is a really big part of this. Reconnection. There's a lot of re's. People say like, it's all, it's like all the re's. Renewal, reconnect, you know. Yeah. I love it. Reflect, repent. Uh Uh-huh. Re. Yeah. The community piece. Oh, yes. It's like breaking breaking bread together or gluten-free bread, whatever. (laughs) Vegan, vegan bread, vegan gluten-free bread. Um, that forgiveness and singing and singing. Yeah. What song do you have for us? Well, that wasn't what I was going to focus on, (laughs) but I was just saying like singing, singing and singing in community. First of all, raising vibrations, but also singing is part of wellness too, because it produces oxytocin in your body. It's for real. That is it science. Is that is science. <laughs> <laughs> we all need more oxytocin. We do. Yeah. I don't remember what what episode number it was, but I did. I did a whole uh, four part series on the happiest happiness hormones. Oh, I um, love that. Yeah, oh, cool. Oxytocin, do- dopamine, serotonin, and um, now I'm forgetting the fourth. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Uh, Sarah. Uh, I mean, anyway. Um, uh, I can sing you a little. I can say, I can sing you a little, um, tune that will kind of give you a feel for the majesty and the beauty of high holidays. Um, this is from the Ashkenazic tradition, the Eastern European tradition. I'm ready. Thank you. I love it. So wait, um, as we're like wrapping up, can we just talk about some symbolic foods for Rosh Hashanah? Sure. <laughs> we probably can't eat eat any of them, but that's okay. Well, the symbolic <laughs> foods, there's the apples and the honey. Well, apples and honey is big, you know, fruit, honey, the round challah. That's a really big one. The round challah. Anything yeah, with honey, anything bread. with sweetness, honey cake. Honey mm-hmm. cakes are really big. Um, stews that are like the Eastern European. I mean, I come from an Eastern European tradition. So there's like a whole genre of food from, from um, traditions coming from Spain or coming from the Middle East that I, I just like, it's not, it's not where my family had. And so I can't speak to that. Right. Um, but um, I can share simis. There's an idea of like a, you know, everybody's got their sweet stew in their community, right? So like using carrots and sweet potatoes and all sorts of stuff and cook it, cook the crap out of it for a really long time. A lot of people, a lot of people put meat in it. Some people don't. Um, I think, you know, brisket was pretty big in my family. <laughs> um, yeah. And also like wine, Um all, all Jewish holidays typically start with, um, 
with sanctifying the fruit of the vine. So um, I think uh, we at Lab Shul, the community I'm a, um, co- a co-founder of and a ritual leader for, we talk about that the, the, when we raise that cup of, of wine, we're really we're really um, acknowledging the opportunity for transformation from those grapes being on the vine to becoming wine. And it takes time and it takes aging, you know, and it takes special magic alchemy as well too. And so I think it's a really nice metaphor for how we can, I think, you know, approach this time as well too. It's not all going to happen in one day, but it's always great to have, um, intentional time to sort of re-kickstart and realign your soul and your spirit. I call it spiritual chiropractory. (laughs) Spiritual chiropractory. I love it. And I love, I love that tradition of dipping apples and honey, the sweetness on the sweetness. It's just the best. It's such a, you know, for me or for a lot, you know, just like that, that childhood memory of, you know, celebrating with my family and friends and, um, and also it's fun because, you know, it's at the farmer's market. It was it's apple season here. <laughs> yep. So we could get the the apple. I'm I'm stoked to start doing all the apple baking and <laughs> eating. <laughs> Me too. Um, no, I won't be doing the baking, but I'll eat, I'll be doing the eating. Maybe I'll maybe I'll make you a, a gluten and dairy free uh apple something or other because i usually make a a lot of that okay super stoked i wish we could go apple picking together i know oh my gosh so okay we're midwestern we're midwesterners so we love apple picking yeah yeah, (laughs) i i mean i don't know i mean did you ever go apple picking as a kid oh absolutely all the time right although you you have the good you have the good um berry season up in minnesota berries yeah do we do berries? I don't remember berries. I remember you we- guys have good berries up there. We do. Maybe in northern Minnesota. Why do I forget? No, I don't no, that's there. They're there. They're there. They're there. They're there. <laughs> so, okay. Anything else you want to share, just in terms of, you know, just like any of the, like. Well, the- can I can I end our time with with the with the numerology of? Oh my of, god! Yes, of episode one forty two. Yes. So episode 142. So as I mentioned earlier, every letter in the Hebrew alphabet has a numeric value. And it varies, it's very similar actually to the Greek alphabet, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalit, Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta. It's like that Semitic, you know, um, it's different than the American um, alphabet. So 142, if you break down those, those numbers, you could probably create a lot of different words. But the first, when I looked it up, the first word that came up was El Shaddai. El Shaddai is one of the names you may remember it from the famous movie, 10 commandments when Charlton Heston's like, I am El Shaddai. You know, it's like, this is the name of God that is revealed to the patriarchs. Um, it's El means God. Shaddai is very interesting though, because Shaddai actually means breast like shadaim in modern hebrew are breasts like your chest so the idea of god l this very masculine thing and then the shadai breast 
to me, it's like this nurturing sense of like the softening of that, of that um, God uh, theology. Um, it's often translated as the nurturing one. So, um, and that is, by the way, very connected to the the birthing stories of Rosh Hashanah, of the matriarch Sarah finally having a child and. Um, and she's often seen as like earth mother, like kind of basically breastfeeding the world, you know? So there's something here. I think, you know, we, this was wait. just happened to be episode 142. So wait, so I told you it was 142 and then you looked in advance or you just knew? No, I, I looked it up. Okay. Because you were like, oh, what if it's something? Yeah. Or you just knew it was, oh my God. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. That's El amazing. Shaddai. Yeah. It's one of my favorite names for um, the ineffable, basically. And why is that? Just tell me why. Because it's why. a nurse. It's an, it brings up, it conjures for me um, imagery of, an, of a nurturing sensibility in the world. Oh, oh my God. And that is what we're here for is that nurturing sensibility towards ourselves, <laughs> our own you know, of course, towards others, but also like towards ourselves as we're on our own life's journey and our own health and healing and all of that. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You are welcome. I think that's probably a great high a note great, to leave on. <laughs> a great high note to leave on. Thank you so much. Oh, oh, here we go. I appreciate you. Thank you. I love you. I'll have you back another time. <laughs> for Love you too. Thank you for this deep, deep honor. You're incredible. Yeah. And your, your, your people, your listeners are so lucky. Mm, thank you. Bye. Okay. Take care. <sighs> wow. I am so thankful for Naomi and that conversation. And it really, um, I really want her to break down and cry. <laughs> I feel like when I'm done, I might just do that. Uh, I really thank you so much for joining. And I really hope that you just got something out of this conversation, learned something new, really sparked something in your heart and your mind for how to, you know, engage with yourself and, and grow and evolve. And if that, if that, um, you know, if this idea of forgiveness of others and and um, and also self forgiveness speaks to you, know that that's something that I am going to be really focusing on right now and um, just welcoming your energy as a part of that and just letting you know that I will absolutely hold energetic space for you during that um, as always and. Until next week, say something nice to yourself, slow down when you eat, and say yes to rest. Hey, if what you're hearing resonates with you, I created a free resource just for you, Anti-Inflammatory Living, The Essential Guide. To get your free copy, head over to guide.thewellnessheadquarters.com. That's guide.thewellnessheadquarters.com to receive your free anti-inflammatory living, The Essential Guide.